Welcome to the Community Hope Podcast. We exist to share hope with more people in more places. For more information on this podcast or our church, please visit communityhope.org. Now stay tuned for our Sermon of the Week. On the count of three, I want you to say your name. One, two, three. All right, good to meet you. Um, super excited um, to be here, but for real, um, I, I love what is happening at this church. I love um, what's going on. But I want to be, can we first give honor where honor is due in this house? Can we just give it up for Pastor Brad and Diane? They're awesome, for real. Um, for real, like, I have the, the crazy opportunity to, to travel and speak at churches for a living. And I've, I travel and got to speak all over. And I'm telling you, what you guys have here is not common that you have uncommon leaders in the best way. And so they are awesome. And I got to hang out with him last night and you guys are just incredibly lucky. And so I'm, I'm really excited just to hang out more with them. But um, before we get into any content, what I wanna do is this, I wanna kinda tell you a little bit about myself um, just because I don't know about you, but I like to know about a little bit about the person who, who's speaking. And so I just wanna give you a couple little facts. My, so yes, my name is Ty Buckingham. Uh, I get to talk about Jesus for a living, and it's amazing. Uh, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, and yes, the traffic is demonic. And lastly is um, I am married. I think I have a picture of my wife. She's so attractive. Okay, so um, I've been married for about four and a half years. No clapping, that's fine. Um, no, okay, like whatever, too. Okay, so no, 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 we're, we're, we're too late for that. Um, here's what I've realized. When I first got married, and I would say, hey, I just got married, people were losing their minds. Maybe in surprise, but like they were clapping and like standing ovations. And clearly at four and a half years, uh, nobody cares. Uh, as of today, I'm learning that, so that's fine. Um, but as, as we've been married, people ask us the question more and more, you know, hey, you're married. When are you guys going to obey the word of God and have some kids? So we're just, we're just going to let you into our life. Um, we don't know when we're going to have kids. We practice all the time. So there we go. I love how that got a bigger response than the marriage itself. It's cool. Whatever. I see where your heads are at. It's cool. It's cool. Um, I really am excited. I'm really passionate about talking about the Holy Spirit. Um, so much so that I wrote a book on the Holy Spirit called The Holy Spirit is Not a Bird. Um, well, I'll be teaching out of this this morning and, and tonight. And I really think it can be beneficial to you. Um, I want to really quickly, because we're going to be talking really tonight and tomorrow night, or tonight and today, um, we're going to be taking really two aspects of the Holy Spirit. We're going to dive into that, but there's so much more uh, of Holy Spirit. And so I just want to really quickly just kind of talk about what we wrote about, just because there's so much more than even what we're going to talk about today. You know, we're going to talk, talk about the top of the iceberg, and there's so much more. And so we talk about who is the Holy Spirit, the personality of Holy Spirit, hearing his voice on a regular basis, not just Sunday morning, but every morning and every day, um, to having a relationship with Holy Spirit, um, there's a chapter called Kick Fear in the Mouth, um, which is kind of a silly title, but um, tonight we're going to be talking about fear. Um, I'm actually going to be telling a story. It's a true story of when I was a kid, I was in a plane that caught on fire. Um, that's a real story. And I don't mean a plane that was on fire. I mean a plane that was on fire. Okay, pretty big difference. Um, and I was terrified of flying, but now man, I, I fly basically for a living, and I love it. And so tonight we're going to be talking about that talking about how we get rid of fear and and place it with something totally different. So I want to encourage you to come tonight. And then we talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, gifts of the Holy Spirit, your first miracle. There's a whole chapter just talking about if you've never experienced a miracle through you or even through in you that maybe you've not been able to recognize it, we want to walk you through what does it look like to have a miracle. And then lastly, there's a chapter called learning to fail. Um, we've learned that when it comes to Holy Spirit, man, we, we fail all the time as human beings. But man, if we fail well, we get to win even better. We, we learn so well from our failures. So I want to give this one away. Who wants this one? Raise your hand. 
Awesome. You're in the front row. Here, you can come and get it. I'll meet you halfway. There we go. Yeah, you can clap for your friend. Okay, there we go. Here's the thing, though. We always, like, don't really mean it. Like, we're excited for them, but, like, we always want the free stuff. Uh, But so we'll have available um, that. It's a little bit cheaper than it is on Amazon, so pick that up after service. But we have to get right into this, and we have to talk about something very spiritual and very important, and we have to talk about our pets, okay? Okay, if you have a pet, raise your hand. If you have pets, not here, that'd be weird. Um, but okay, good. So, so I, for, for me, when I think about pets, I think of like four main categories of pets. And the first main category are people who have dogs. Do we have any dog people in the house? Wow, okay, woo woo, yeah, okay. Okay, so I, I feel like that's the most like normal pet. Like that's the most American pet to have. Like when I picture the perfect like American family, it's like mom, dad, two kids, golden retriever with an American flag bandana. Like that's America. Like, that, that's just America. That's what it is. And so, like, I feel like that's the most normal pet. Um, I mean, we got a puppy about a year ago, and the moment that we brought that puppy into our house, I felt more American. Like, I just felt like I needed to go and vote for something. Like, I don't know what it was. Like, I felt more American, and you can too. Um, but I feel like that's a pretty, pretty normal pet. Now, the second kind of pets are these, are people who have any uh, cats, any cat people in here? Basically, what you're saying is, I make bad choices. And so, like, and I totally get it. Like, I get it. Like, I've been there. Like that. Okay, I love how you're clapping more for that than my marriage. Okay, that's, that's messed up, guys. For real. We got to get that right. And so, I get it, though. Like, we had a cat. Um, we, we kind of liked it um, for about a year. And then it came down with this really bad medical condition called, uh, what was it called? Peeing on things. And so, we, um, we got rid of that junk so fast. Um, so, he's in a better place. I don't know, but he's somewhere. And so, we had a cat. And I still feel like that's pretty normal, though. Like, having a cat is a pretty standard pet. I want to talk about two that maybe aren't as normal, but are people who have, like, pet snakes. Okay, okay, yeah, for real, though. So, like, I don't know about you, but, like, man, if if you are here and you have a pet snake, like, it's just the truth. You either have or you will do jail time. Like, like, there's no way around it. Like, it's going to happen. Like, if, if I was hanging out with Pastor uh, after church today, I went to his house, and he was like, oh, hey, here's the house, you know, here's the bathroom. And I was like, Pastor, what's that dimly lit room at the end of the hall? He's like, oh, don't worry about it. I'm like, no, Pastor Brad, like, what's the room? And he's like, well, I have some pet snakes. It's a snake room. I, immediately, I would be like, oh, Pastor has done time. Like, he's, there's no way around it. And so like, I feel like it's a pretty intense kind of pet to own because the likelihood of you getting eaten alive by a snake goes up dramatically if you have one in your house. Like, that's crazy. Um, but the last pet... I'll talk about this for a minute or two, are people who have pet birds. Um, and I don't know about you, but for me personally, everyone who I've met who has a pet bird, they're not the most normal people. Like, like I don't know, and if you're here and you have a pet bird, we'll, we'll deal with that in a minute. But like, when you think, like, think for a minute of someone who has a pet bird. Like, think in your mind, what do they look like? You know, like, how many fanny packs do they own? You know, like, like what color Crocs are they wearing to church? You know, I, I don't know. I'm, and if you're here and you're like, but I have a bird. Like, this is the wake-up call. Okay, and so, like, I, I for real, I knew somebody, um, before I got married, I lived next door to some people who had pet birds, and they were exotic birds. And basically what I learned is that that meant um, twice as expensive and three times as ugly, because these things were the ugliest birds I'd ever seen, but they paid for them. It was very bizarre. And so usually, you know, they're very loud in their house, and it's kind of ridiculous, and, you know, they're in this cage, which I think is kind of funny because birds are made to do one thing, and that's to what? Yeah, fly. Birds are made to fly. But when we have them as pets, we put them in cages where they just kind of hop around. It looks ridiculous. But one day, I was just kind of being neighborly, uh, went to my neighbor's house, just kind of saying hi, and I didn't hear the birds. N- no sound. And they're usually very loud. I didn't hear a single word or, you know, a single sound. And I was like, oh, my goodness, like, praise God, they died. And so uh, it wasn't that, though. 
it wasn't that. And what ended up happening is I, I asked them, hey, where are the birds? And they're so quiet. And like, oh, here. And they showed me the cage uh, in, in the side of this room in their house. And there was a, there was a blanket over the cage. I, I'd never seen this before, but they end up telling me, oh, yeah, when, when it's too loud, when it's too awkward, when it's too uncomfortable, when the birds are doing their own thing and we don't like it, we put a blanket over the cage and it's as if they're not even there because they're so silent. And I thought it was such an odd thing to do to have a, a pet to then silence, but whatever. But what I realized, even in that one moment, is how many times we treat the Holy Spirit like he's actually a bird. You know, we, we often can confine him to a cage of our own comfortability, or the worst case scenario is we put a blanket over Holy Spirit and kind of pretend like he's not even there, so we silence him, so then there's never any like, great moments with Holy Spirit in our life. And I, that's what we're going to be talking about today, is who is Holy Spirit and what do we do with Holy Spirit? And I don't know about you, but man, like it's so interesting when I see, um, I'll see church logos sometimes, even like this one, which is awesome. I'll see like stained glass images. I'll see paintings and it's like Jesus, a halo, and then a bird. And I used to always wonder like, why is it that there's so many times when I think of the Holy Spirit, I think about a bird or a dove? You know, even if I was to ask you all here to like on a side piece of paper to draw a picture of the Holy Spirit, most of you would probably draw a picture of a bird. Maybe some of you would go out, draw like a picture of fire Maybe some of you would do both, where it's like some fried chicken or something like that. But, okay, honestly, that joke never lands. But I'm, I'm like, there's a place where it will. And so, um, but like for real, I think it's so interesting that we so often end up seeing the Holy Spirit like a bird or treating him like one. So we're going to kind of address this uh, actually in the Word of God. If you have your Bibles, say, oh, yeah. That was not convincing. If you have your Bibles, say, oh, yeah. Sweet. So if you have your Bibles, can you go to the book of Matthew? Go to the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 3. The book of Matthew is written by a guy named Matthew. Spoilers. And so this is an amazing moment where we're going to read of Matthew is writing down his firsthand account. He was there, and basically what we're doing is we're reading his journal. We're saying, he's like, hey, this is what happened today. This is a real historical event. This is a, a biblical narrative that actually happened. And Matthew says this. He says, man, when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God. Okay, now we're going to pause. Spirit of God is Holy Spirit. Same person, just different vernacular, different way of saying it. My, my actual name is Tyler, not Ty, but it's the same person, same, you know, same thing. And so same thing there. So anytime you see Spirit of God in the Bible, think Holy Spirit. So he saw, he saw the Spirit of God, or Holy Spirit, descending like a dove or like a bird and coming to rest upon him. And it says, and behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. So we have this, this voice from heaven, which is obviously the voice of God the Father. So we have God the Father speaking in this moment. And then we have God the Son, Jesus, who's getting baptized in the water. And then we have God the Holy Spirit in the, in the moment. This is a really important verse because it's one of the only places in the entire New Testament where we see God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all together at the same place at the same time. And it gives us a really nice in, like, understanding of this. Is when the Holy Spirit is not a bird. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God here on earth living with inside of us to have a better relationship with us, and we can actually have a relationship with Holy Spirit. Man, and, and the question would be this maybe, is like, well, why do I need a relationship with Holy Spirit if I already have a relationship with Jesus? Well, and the first reason of why I have a relationship with Holy Spirit is this. It, it, it's it's Jesus' plan for you. It's Jesus' plan for you. I mean, when I even think about this, I'm like, man, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit, I don't know about you, but for me, to make it really simple, I, I like to think simple, is I think of it like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That's just how I live. 
and I also love them. But man, like when I think of like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, it's one sandwich made up of three components, and that's really what God is. God is one, one, God is one God made up of three parts, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And God Jesus, the Son of God, says it, it's his plan for you. It's his plan for you. John 16 verse 7 says this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I, Jesus, go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now, this is Jesus talking to his disciples, the people who have literally dropped everything to follow Jesus. And then all of a sudden, Jesus kind of throws this on them, saying, hey, I know this is great for you, but there's actually something better, something more to your advantage. And Jesus says this, he says, man, it's to your advantage that I, Jesus, leave the earth and go up to heaven where he is now. And he's like, I'm going to send you something better to your advantage, to all of humanity's advantage. Now, if I'm a disciple, I think he's crazy. Because imagine having a life where every single day you wake up and Jesus is there. He can hear your voice and you can ask him questions and you can hear his voice back. I mean, not a trick question, but like, how awesome would it be to be able to talk to Jesus and hear his voice right there with you? Raise your hand if that'd be awesome. Yeah, what Jesus is saying is you absolutely can. Because when we have a relationship with Holy Spirit, he is with us, just like Jesus was with the disciples. And it's amazing, because we don't have to go and try to find him, push through a crowd, climb through a roof to get to Jesus. He's with us all the time through Holy Spirit. And so it's absolutely Jesus' plan for you. It's Jesus' plan for you. The second reason of why have a relationship with Holy Spirit is it is better than a life on your own. It is way better than a life on your own. This is a true story. Um, I have prayed this one prayer six times in my life. It's an audacious prayer full of faith. I prayed it six times in my life. The first time I was 15 years old, I prayed it just like this. Maybe you've prayed this as well. I said, Jesus, let that girl be my wife. Amen. I prayed that six times over six different women, so it didn't always pan out. Um, and I don't know if you're there and you're like, you're judging, like you shouldn't pray that, but you've done it, like you've seen. And so I was 15 years old the first time this prayer entered my spirit. I dated this girl. It was romantic, so I'll tell you the story. I texted her on my phone. I said, do you want to be my girlfriend? She texted me back the most romantic thing I've ever heard. Sure. And so, so she said, sure, so this is it. And in my mind, I'm like, this is my wife? Like, this is it? I'm 15. I know everything. So like, this is the one. And so I, I, I immediately, I get that text message back. I read it. She says, sure. I'm like, I'm in a relationship. I immediately pray to God. This, is, this, is, this really happened. I said, Jesus, make her my wife. Like, I was like commanding heaven that this was going to be my wife. Eight minutes later, we break up, tragically. Um, that, that happened. And so we break up, and I was, I was legitimately so bummed out and frustrated. I was like, what happened? Like, I prayed. Like, I, I did all the things. I said, Jesus, and please. Like, like I did all the things. And then, and what's so funny, though, is I did this over and over again. I did this in high school when I dated people. I did this in college a bunch of times. And, like, I remember one time uh, I was in college, and this is really the last time I did this. I was, I was in college. I was working at a Starbucks at a coffee shop on some paper. And... I'm, you know, I'm doing my thing, you know, working on some essay, and all of a sudden, in the Starbucks entry, this, this, the door is open, and this super attractive lady walks in, and I'm super single at this point. Uh, maybe some of you are there. And so I'm like, I was super single. I was like, God, just do anything. Like, I'll take any kind of miracle at this point. And I was like a junior in college. I was like, God, you got to do something. And then she walks in the door, and I'm like, I'm, I'm typing. I look at her. I look down. I'm like, in the name of Jesus, let this girl be my wife. Upon further recognition and um, understanding, she had a wedding ring on, so that didn't pan out either. Um, which is funny, because that's a real human. Like, that actually happened. And then I stopped praying that prayer. But, man, I got really frustrated. I got so bummed out and frustrated, because I'm praying this prayer that I feel, feel like is good. 
And I was like, man, and I was getting let down over and over and so frustrated because it felt like God wasn't answering my prayers. But the truth is, God might not be answering some of your prayers because of, he has a better prayer for you to pray. Man, like, like for real though, like some of you are so discouraged and bummed out that God isn't responding the way you want him to respond to your prayer, but it might be because he has a better prayer for you to pray. And when we have the Holy Spirit, we have that relationship with the Holy Spirit, we can hear his voice on a continual daily basis. So instead of doing things just on our own way, we do things whatever the Holy Spirit tells us to do. And, and I, what's interesting is the girl I married, Rebecca, the picture you saw earlier, I married her and I never prayed that prayer. Because as I'm pursuing her in relationship, as I'm pursuing Holy Spirit at the same time, I'm finding out that, man, this girl's amazing. She, like, she's a godly woman. And as I'm getting into Holy Spirit, I feel Holy Spirit say, hey, this is going to be the girl you're going to marry. Say time out. Say time out. There we go. Okay. For, okay. Uh, out of curiosity, no shame, no guilt. Raise your hand if you're single currently right now, if you're single. Okay, a bunch of you. Uh, here's some advice. If, you, if you're dating someone or attracted to somebody and you're praying, and all of a sudden you feel like heaven comes down on your life, and you swear that you swear that Jesus is telling you that someone's going to be your spouse, you do not tell them because it's super weird. Like, I mean, like imagine I'm on date number two with my, with my now wife, and she's like, hey, how was your day? I'm like, it was really good. Heard from God. She's like, oh, my goodness. Like, what did you hear from God from? And I'm like, well, are you in for a treat today? Um, I was praying, and he told me, you're going to be my spouse. You're welcome. Like, there you go. And like, if that would have happened, my wife would have lost her mind and she would have left. I promise you we would have never gotten married. But man, when we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, our life should become more normal like Jesus and less weird. Um, so like having the Holy Spirit in your life does not give you permission to be weird. It gives you permission to be healthy. And so I ended up telling my wife that after she said yes, and a couple days after, I want to make sure it really stuck, you know. And so like, I was like, hey, God told me this. It's awesome. But man, what's so amazing is when we have a relationship with Holy Spirit, Instead of do th doing things on our own way, we can do things on what God has for us. Another really quick way to illustrate this is we all make decisions, and so many of us, we have decision A and decision B, and we go, okay, God, I have these decisions. I'm going to pray about this. Okay, um, I, I choose A, God. Now, would you bless my decision? Now, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. I want God to bless my choices, but what if there's something better where instead of saying, God, bless my decision, we ask for God's decision? And we say, God, you know, I have decision A and B. Can you give insight and can you talk to me about this and tell me what to do? And then when we do what God tells us to do through Holy Spirit, we don't need to ask him to bless it because everything that comes from God is already blessed. So you don't have to beg God for the blessing. When you have a relationship with Holy Spirit and you listen to his voice, you walk in the blessing every single day of your life. So it is definitely Jesus' plan for you. It is way better than a life on your own and it is a miraculous life. Say miraculous. That was a really lame way to say a really cool word. Say miraculous. Okay, now I'm not this guy really, but like I want you to put your best like preacher voice on and say miraculous. Say miraculous. There we go. Thank you. That's about as intense as we're going to get today. So did you know this? What's crazy is if you read the, the Bible and you read the story of Jesus, that actually happened. Man, if you, if you understand Jesus, there is not one miracle recorded in the Bible that Jesus does until after he receives the Holy Spirit. So if you, if you look at the story of Jesus, and you look at the first time a miracle happened, it's not until after he receives the Holy Spirit. So how much more then do me and you need the Holy Spirit? Probably a ton. And man, what I love is it's a miraculous life that we can absolutely enter into. So I want to tell you a really quick story um, that actually happened in my life, and it wasn't in a church. It was actually at a Walmart. And I want to tell you this story for a couple reasons. Number one, because I believe it'll build your faith. 
Number two, it's a really good way to understand how God wants to move, not just in the church, but out of the church. Say amen. Good, we're on the same page. And I want to make this really practical, because I believe, even after we pray in a couple minutes from now, that you're going to be empowered to pray for people, and God's going to bring people along to you that you've never even seen or heard of before. And you're going to be able to pray for miracles, and you're going to see things like you've never seen before in the most normal and healthy way. And so I just want to tell you about a quick time. Uh, a little bit ago, I was going to Walmart, which is kind of a miraculous place. I don't know about for you, but I go in looking for two things at Walmart, and I come out with like 45 things. It's like loaves and fishes in there. Um, that's a Bible joke. I love how pastor only got it, because it multiplies, okay? Because I go in for like a toothbrush and toothpaste. I come out with an inflatable pool and a toilet seat, like, because they have everything. But so I go into Walmart, about to walk in, and all of a sudden, I feel the nudge of Holy Spirit. Say the nudge. There we go. Actually, do this. Nudge the person next to you. Give them a good nudge. Just give them a good nudge. There we go. I love that. So, so I feel this nudge. It feels something kind of like that. It's not literal. It's not physical for me. It kind of comes as a thought. And so that's why I want to keep my thoughts really clean and pure because that's how I hear from Holy Spirit and how many people do. So it comes as a thought, this nudge in my mind. It's really like a nudge in the right direction of what to do. And so I'm about to walk into Walmart and I hear Holy Spirit's voice. And it wasn't always like this, but as I keep pursuing a relationship with him, the voice gets more and more clear to me. It's just like my marriage. Like when we first got married, I'm just trying to understand what she's talking about, honestly. And then, and then, and I'm learning. And then, I'll, but now, just based on how she says hello to me on the phone, I know how her day is already going because of the relationship that we've had. And so, it's, it's yeah, for real. And so, pray for me. And so, I, I'm still getting it. And, um, and what's amazing is I'm walking into to Walmart. I feel this nudge from Holy Spirit. And here's what I feel like he tells me. And he says, hey, uh, you can't leave Walmart until you heal the sick. And I'm like, that's kind of heavy. Like, like I'm, I'm for real. Like, that's like, I'm a, okay, can we be totally honest? I'm a normal human being. I might be on stage with a microphone, but I'm really the same as you. I've just probably failed more than you, honestly. And so like, I, I'm about to walk into Walmart. It's not my power. It's his power. Say amen. Good, on the same page. And it's your power too, because God empowers all of us. And so I'm like, okay, okay, fine. So now I, I hear from God in this moment, and that does not give me permission to be weird. It gives me permission to be healthy and follow Jesus. So I'm not going into Walmart, looking into every person saying, hey, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Hey, you look like I need to pray for you. Like, like it's not like that. Like, I'm like, I'm just gonna keep getting my groceries. I'm gonna get my own things. I was just there for really a couple items. And so I just do my own thing. I get the toothpaste, get the deodorant, gotta get some laundry detergent, whatever, all that stuff. And then I'm about to head out. Nothing has happened, because I'm not, I'm not chasing the miraculous. The miraculous should be chasing after us behind us, because I'm not, I'm not looking for a miracle. I'm looking for Jesus, and wherever Jesus is, miracles happen, and so I'm not chasing some next thrill or some emotional response. I'm looking for whatever Jesus has for me and has for you, and so I'm walking through Walmart, and I'm about to wrap up, head to, the, to check out, and all of a sudden, I feel the nudge again. Nudge this person next to you one more time. Give them a, a good nudge. Give them a good nudge. I feel it again, and I feel it even more specifically and what this would be called is a word of knowledge, where God gives us as believers information about something that we would not normally know. Now, we, we, we wrote it in our, in our book, we have a whole chapter just talking about how we hear from God and hearing it like this. And I believe every person can do this and hear God in this way. And all of a sudden, Holy Spirit nudges me and I feel like tells me, in three aisles from now is the person I need to pray for. Because here's the thing, I'm not looking for someone to pray for and like, like on some like random scavenger hunt. Like, man, if, if God speaks to me to pray for someone, I believe he's going to speak to me who that person is. I'm not, I'm not guessing, I'm not random. Like, God has everything planned out for me, so I'm, like, I'm, I'm gonna follow his steps and then it's gonna totally work out. So um, I, say, I feel like God says, hey, in three aisles from now is who you need to pray for. 
And you might be like, well, how in the world do you even know, dude? Like, how do you even know that it's God's voice? Number one is, is it rooted in the word of God? The word of God is the foundation for all other godly communication. It's the foundation for all of how we hear from God. So that's, so you need to read the word and be in the word so you know what is good and what is, what is God. And so I, I'm like, okay, healing of the sick is a total biblical thing. Jesus does it, tells us to do it, so I'm cool. And the main way of how do I know that Jesus is speaking to me, Holy Spirit's voice is going on, is I find out. I can either turn away and never know what three aisles is for, for me or for that person, or I can step out in faith and see what happens. The worst case scenario is I hear Holy Spirit wrong, no big deal. I hear from him wrong all the time. If you're here and you feel like you heard from Holy Spirit maybe weeks ago or even years ago and it didn't look the way you wanted it to, welcome to humanity. Like you are a normal person and it's okay to mess up. It's okay to not hear Holy Spirit's voice correctly because at the day, at the end of the day, this relationship's like any other relationship. It's based on communication. And wherever there's communication, there will always be some level of miscommunication on our end. So I might hear his voice wrong. That doesn't mean that I don't know how to hear his voice. It means that the next time I get to hear it better. I get to slow down and do my next thing. So worst case scenario is I get to grow in this moment. This time I ended up hearing his voice correctly. Three aisles from now, aisle one, nobody. Aisle two, nobody. Aisle three. There's one person, it's a Walmart employee, and more importantly, it's the cereal aisle at Walmart. You might be wondering, why is that important? It's super important. Because um, if God's going to do a miracle at Walmart, he's going to do it in the cereal aisle. Amen. Like, I don't know about you, like, and you're like, that makes no sense. Okay, but um, I've never seen water turn into wine. I have not. However, I have seen milk turn into chocolate milk, praise Jesus. And so, like, like for real, though, and so, so what do I do? I, I see the lady. I know I'm supposed to pray for her, but there's also a sale on Cocoa Puffs. This really happened. I get the Cocoa Puffs. I put them on my car. Then I pray for the lady. That really happened because um, I'm a normal human being, and I love Cocoa Puffs. And so I, I go up to the lady, and she actually says to me, hey, can I, can I help you with anything? At this point, she's basically asking for it. And so I'm, I, she says, hey, can, can I help you with anything? And, and I want to make this really practical for everybody so that when you pray for people both in the church and out of the church, you do it in a really healthy, normal way. And so I said, hey, ma'am, this might be really weird because it might be. But I'm like, hey, I have a relationship with God. I think he's super real. And I have this feeling I'm supposed to pray for you. Would that be okay? Would that be okay is a really important thing because I'm asking for permission to pray for her because wherever you're given permission, you can operate under authority. And so I'm not trying to be weird. Like, I'm not trying to just, okay, like, like picture it like this. Like, imagine I walk up to the aisle, and then the, the Walmart lady's at the far end. Like, I'm not just going to be like, there's the lady. I'm like, in the name of Jesus. Like, like I pray for, that's super weird, dude. Like, don't be weird. Be Jesus. He's not weird at all. And so I'm like, hey, this might be weird, um, but like, man, I want to pray for you. Like, would that be okay? I want to ask permission because I want to be under a new level of authority in this person's life. I don't want to be pushing. I want to pull them into what Jesus has for them. And so she says, yes, which makes sense. I mean, honestly, she's on the clock to get prayed for. Pretty good deal. Okay. Like, to get paid for, to get prayed for, none of us are going to have that today. Just spoiler. And so, um, so I, I say, hey, cool. I'm going to pray for you. And then one last time, I feel the nudge of Holy Spirit. It's really specific. And I feel like, hey, ma'am, is this, this going to be crazy? I'm just going to speak to her what I feel like Holy Spirit is saying to me. I say, hey, seven years ago, were you in an accident that caused tremendous pain in your lower back, and you even feel it right now? And she starts to cry. And now, like, I've made women cry before. Like, I've been there, done that. But this was, like, really different for me. And so I, I'm praying, and I'm like, hey, I feel like I'm hearing Holy Spirit's voice. And I'm like, hey, did that happen to you? And she says, yes. Like, I have that, that crazy pain in my back. And so I say again, can I pray for you? Like, would that totally be okay? And she says, like, absolutely, you totally can. 
and all eyes up here. Everything's totally cool. And so, like, what I absolutely love is that we can be normal believers in these moments, in these normal moments of, like, man, we're at Walmart. God can move, and in the most normal way possible. And so Jesus moves, and I say, can I pray for you again? And she says, absolutely. She ends up telling me that she's in a lot of pain, and I pray for her. And this is how I pray for people who, who uh, are in church, maybe even in church. I do it really simply. I pray just like this with my hands in my pockets because I'm a dude and she's a girl and there's just no reason to whatever, you know. And so just being strategic. And so I'm like, Jesus, I pray for my friend. You love her so much. I pray you'd heal my friend. Amen. That's it. I'm not yelling. I'm not shouting. I'm not pushing. Uh, raise your hand if you're married. Raise your hand if you're married in this place. Awesome. When has yelling made anything better ever? Like, right? Like, it doesn't. So I don't, when you pray later, you don't have to yell. Like, he's, he's there with you. Like, like, we all got this. Like, he can hear you whether you're yelling or shouting, like just, just till, and like, like so I'm gonna just pray like I talk, because God seems to move the same way. God wants to empower who you are and who I am as, as we are. You know, he wants to purify us and make us new, but man, like you don't have to pretend to be somebody else when you're praying for other people. Just be you and pray like you would if you're by yourself in the car. And so I prayed for her, and all of a sudden, she starts crying even more. So I'm like, oh my goodness, I made her worse. Like, I, I'm really nervous. I'm just kidding, it's only happened twice. And so, that's a joke. Um, and so I, I pray for her, and then all of a sudden she's like, she says, oh snap. Say, oh snap. Not those exact words, but really close to it. And she, she ends up being like, man, and it's totally okay, because she doesn't believe in Jesus, so I'm not expecting her to act like she does. And so but she says, I don't know how to tell you this, but I think your God just healed my back. And in a moment, at a random Walmart, by some random dude with a beard with a cart full of Cocoa Puffs, like she's, ran, like she's radically healed. And you know why? It's not because of me, it's because I have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and he's desperately trying to do things and get out on everybody around us. Now here's the, here's the great teaching moment is this. I asked you to nudge the person next to you a couple times. You know, there's that nudge moment. And there was three people in the room that this is what happened, I saw it happen. Some of you, you just nudged really hard. Like I respect it, like you just like dug right into the person next to you, like almost falling out of your seats, like I, I respect that. If my wife was here, she would have knocked me down, I promise you. Some of you just did a little tap, you know, a little, little, like, little, little tap, you know, going on. And then some of you didn't even do it, and I saw you. Like, what, what's going on? And so what I think is so funny, though, and what's so interesting is this, is that the level of nudge that you felt was determined by the level of relationship that you have. And that's exactly how it is with Holy Spirit. I mean, like, like some of you, you're really good friends, so you can just knock right into the person, and it's no big deal because you've built that relationship over time. Like, some of you might do it to strangers. Please don't. That's super weird. But, like, like that'd be super crazy. Like, okay, total stranger. Like, destroy them, you know. And so, but, like, man, like, so, like, it's like that's super intense. And then super, what ends up happening, too, is so there's just a little tap because you maybe barely know them. And then the third might be that you don't do it at all because you might not be sitting next to anybody or you don't know them at all. And so what ends up happening is that, man, it's the same with Holy Spirit, that the level of relationship that we have with him, the level of nudge we're going to feel with him. And so here's how we're going to wrap this up for the next like 10 or so minutes. We're going to talk about a way of how we intensify the nudge in our life. Because here's what I know, and here's what I believe, is I believe that if, if you're even in this room, you have felt the nudge of Holy Spirit. At one point or another in your life, you have felt the nudge of Holy Spirit so that you're in this place at this time, which is amazing. You just might not know how to recognize it yet, and that's totally okay. But so what I want to tell you is that if you're here, you have felt the nudge of Holy Spirit before in your life because you're here right now. And so what I want to do is this. I want to teach us how to intensify that nudge, and it's by doing something called being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it, it's an amazing thing that we're going to talk about, and we're going to pray about, and it's going to be super healthy and really normal because this is what Jesus wants for us. 
And if you're here and it's like really simply too, like a great way to start feeling these nudges if you don't feel them or sense them like you want to is man, start reading the word of God. Start being in community with God. Man, like I know you guys have community groups here. You need to get into a community group. Like it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Like, like we lead a, a community group in our church back in Atlanta and it changes our life because we're not meant to do life by ourselves. If you're doing life by yourself, it's not gonna be a great life to have. Like you, you should get into one of those because it keeps you accountable to what God is saying because you can be community and you can be like, hey, I think God's saying this and then people can get excited with you and, and keep you accountable. Like, hey, I know God said that to you. Are you doing what God told you? And at other times, too, like, hey, I think God's saying this, and you ask people, and like, hey, I don't know if that's God. Like, let's keep praying on that, or let's go to pastor, let's go to somebody. And so we have that accountability. And then lastly is prayer, man, like of how we can, we can develop that nudge a little bit more. But, man, to intensify it, to really boost that up, and what I believe we're all going to receive from more of Holy Spirit this morning is we're going to talk, we're going to wrap up our time talking about this, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And this is something that Jesus is super passionate about us having. Acts chapter 1 says this, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that the Father promised. Really quick, raise your hand if you like gifts. Raise your hand if you like gifts. If your hand isn't raised, what's wrong with you? Okay, for real. Like, I love gifts. I love Christmas. I think it's amazing because you go down, there's the tree, and then there's things with your name on it, and you don't have to buy it because it's already been paid for, and Jesus is saying the exact same thing. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a gift with your name on it. You don't have to pay for it or beg for it. All you have to do is receive it. And we're going to talk about how we do that in a really simple manner uh, by the end of the service. And so it says this, but wait for the gift that my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So according to scripture, New Testament believers, which is you and me, we should be baptized in the Holy Spirit because it's Jesus's command. Jesus says that we should do this. So then what is it? Well, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, really shows us what it is. It says this, you'll receive power. Say power. There you go. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Basically, what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? It's the empowerment to do things so that more people may know. It's the empowerment to do things like have greater boldness, greater love, you know, greater miracles, so that more people can know Jesus. Raise your hand if you know someone who doesn't know Jesus. Raise your hand for real. Okay, and if your hand isn't raised, there's a total problem. You should totally know people and be in, in, in places where there are people who don't know Jesus so that you can be Jesus to them. And what this is, is the empowerment to be a greater witness of Jesus. It's the empowerment to do things so that when people witness you, they witness Jesus through you. You know, I remember growing up, the idea of like going witnessing was like this verb of like what we do to other people. But witnessing isn't what we do to others. It's what other people do to us. They witness us and they should see Jesus. So when we have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we are empowered to be more like the sight of Jesus. Now, when you received Jesus in your life, when you like, gave him your life, you had the Holy Spirit in you. But now we're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is a little bit different. And this is like a, a, moment, a teaching moment, and then we're going to pray. I want to show you the, the distinct differences of the Holy Spirit being in you versus the Holy Spirit being upon you. And then we're going to pray, and it's going to be amazing. So the Holy Spirit in you, it happens at salvation. It happens at salvation, and it's an amazing moment. When you gave your life to Jesus, the Bible says you had a fresh indwelling of the Holy Spirit to live with you, and you become the temple or the housing of Holy Spirit. So everywhere you go, man, he's with you. The Spirit upon you is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I imagine like an empty cup is before Jesus. A filled cup is with Jesus, the Holy Spirit. And then the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the Spirit upon you where it's all over, overflowing the cup. So it's upon the cup itself. The next thing is this. The Spirit in you is about knowing inwardly your relationship with Jesus. 
It's, it's having Holy Spirit with you to come for you and let you know that he's got you where you're at. And then the, the Spirit upon you is about expressing God outwardly. It's about an outward expression instead of an internal uh, acknowledgement. The, la- the, the next thing is this, is that it, the Spirit inside of us, it develops our character and the fruits of Holy Spirit. And the Spirit upon us, it develops the power and the gifts of Holy Spirit. And that's an amazing thing because it has to do with other people. And the last thing, the last way to sum this up, the Spirit in us is that it changes you and the Spirit upon you, it should be changing others around you. And so if you have a second, if you want to remember this, this is a great thing to take a, like a, a little picture of. People do that sometimes and we'll have it available later. But man, this really helps us with the distinction of like, why do I need more of Holy Spirit? Because there's more of Holy Spirit that he wants to get into you. He wants to do more than before. Man, and like, I totally believe the best is yet to come and the Holy Spirit wants to intensify the nudge in your life by filling you with the Holy Spirit and giving you the, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so the really quick way is this, is how do we know then that we have it? How do we know that we have this? You know, the first time this ever happened, it said that suddenly the Holy Spirit came in the room, they began to speak in other tongues, and they were all filled with, or they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues, and then immediately people are saved. Like thousands of people in this one moment, that's what happens. But so the question is, though, like how do we know that we've, we've received this? Like how do we even know that, that, that this happens? And there's two ways that we know we've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and it's really simple. It's this, initially you'll speak in other tongues. This is the coolest thing ever because it's a language that I don't create. It's, what, it's a heavenly language. And when we do that, we speak the perfect will of God. I don't know if you've had this. Um, have you ever done this where you're praying and you kind of like run out of things to pray? You know, even just last night, I was getting ready for service. And after I was hanging out with pastor, I was praying in my hotel room for like four hours, you know, just kind of seeking the Lord. And afterwards, I was like, wow, I'm ready to preach tomorrow. And I looked at the clock, and it had only been six minutes. Um, have, you ever, like, for, have you ever had that? You're like, man, I just brought heaven down. It's been like four hours, like breaking a sweat. You're like, six minutes. Like I've, run, like, I've run out of things to pray. Man, in like that story earlier, of like, man, God might have a better prayer for you to pray. What's better than praying what God is actually saying through you? And so when we receive this, this evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit, we begin to speak in other tongues. The Holy Spirit is not moving your tongue, your lips around. It's you're in full control. You are totally autonomous in this. He gives you the, the prompting to do so, and then we just speak out what he feels us to say. And if you're like, well, I don't know, I feel like I'm supposed to say something, but it doesn't really make sense, that probably means you're doing it totally right. Uh, it's a language of heaven, not of earth, so it's a, it's a new thing. And it doesn't have to be loud or whatever. Like, if it's loud, it means that you're just a loud person. And so, like, you can be totally normal, and we're going to experience that in a couple of minutes. But, man, continually what should happen is people should be coming to Jesus. Man, the goal of this whole thing is, yes, for us to be empowered, and we're going to have a better life, and, man, it's, it's going to be, like, a better life with Jesus, like that relationship. But, man, the real goal is for other people to encounter Jesus. If you're here, and at one point in your life, you know, maybe years ago, you were baptized the Holy Spirit, but people aren't coming to Jesus, that's messed up. Like, you've been empowered to do something that you're not doing. So if you're here, and you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and you're not leading people to Jesus, then you're not being Jesus. Like, man, like, God wants to empower you to do something, so actually do it. Like, reach out and be loving. Like, you'll pay for someone else's meal. You know, do the little things that Jesus would do. Pray for people. You know, have a relationship with people who don't love Jesus and bring them into the kingdom in the most normal way. Man, even invite them into this place. I'm telling you, especially if you're a visitor here, I go to churches all the time. This is a really good, healthy church. So this is a great place to get rooted and grounded so that we can grow our relationship with Jesus. So here's the last teaching moment that we're going to pray for real. So if I can have the, the band make their way up. I want to teach this real quick. Pastor, what is your favorite fruit? 
Apple. Okay, so let's say before service, pastor said, hey, Ty, could you do me a favor? Can you go to the store and get me some apples? I'd be like, yes, pastor. Like, for the next, like, 48 hours, you're technically my boss. So I got you, dude. And so, like, I go to the store. I go and get him some apples. And I come back, and he's like, hey, Ty, thank you for getting me the apples. Um, where are they? And I pull out my pocket the receipt, and it says, like, bottom some apples. I hand him the receipt, and he's like, sweet. So this tells me you have it. But um, where are the actual apples? I'm like, Pastor, dude, I just handed you the receipt. It says I have the apples. Like, what are you complaining about? He's like, no, 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 like, where are the apples themselves? I'm like, Pastor, like, I just showed you. It says I gave you the apples, man. And, and that's exactly how this is with speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is the, is the receipt of the transaction. Speaking in tongues is not the goal today. Our goal this morning when we pray is to get more of Holy Spirit. Some of us are going to be baptized Holy Spirit and speak in other tongues. It's going to be awesome, super normal, super healthy, and we're going to walk how to do that really quickly. But man, like, our goal tonight is not to get a receipt. Our goal tonight, or this morning, is not to get a receipt. Our goal this morning is to get the apples, the actual substance of empowerment of whatever Holy Spirit has for us. So as we're about to start praying, I want us to decide already that we're going to leave with more of Holy Spirit than we walked in here with. Because every time we call upon his name, of the name of Jesus, we are filled with more, and man, more and more and more. And so we, here's what we want, we're going to do. If we can put that last um, slide up, my friends. We're going to keep that up as we pray. Here's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be praying for more of the Holy Spirit in our life, in every aspect. Maybe you're here and you're like, I just want to start that relationship. Like, I just want to start hearing his voice. Awesome. Pray for that. If you're here and you're like, man, I, I want to have miracles happen in my life. Awesome. Pray for more of Holy Spirit. If you're like, man, I want a life better than my own decisions. Awesome. Pray for more of Holy Spirit in your life. And you might be here like, well, man, I want the empowerment so other people have this. Like, I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Awesome. Pray for more of Holy Spirit. Our goal right now is to pray for more of Holy Spirit. So if you're physically able to, can you all stand to your feet? So we're going to pray, and we're going to make this a really healthy environment to receive God. And even just to do that, um, I, I want us to do this. We don't always do this, but I want us to actually just kind of receive where we're at right now. We're not going to pull you up to the altar or anything like that. I want you just to have a really good moment with God where you're at because that's where God's going to meet you anyways. Wherever you're at, he's going to meet you. And tonight we're going to pray in a different manner. And please come tonight. It's going to be amazing. Like for real, if you're dealing with fear or anxiety in your life, we're going to break that junk off tonight by the power of Jesus in the most practical way ever. But what we're going to do right now, as in a moment when the worship team begins to play, we're going to just in this place turn into a receiving place and say, Holy Spirit, I want more of you. I mean, for some of you, you might feel the nudge for the first time in your life. You might hear his voice. Some of you, it might just be like a word you hear from him. He might just speak over you how he loves you. And so what I want us to do this, I want to kind of leave this a little open-ended, and then I'm going, to, I'm going to have the worship team play. And as they play and lead us in worship, I don't want you to sing songs. They're going to sing over you. I want you to be praying with Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, man, like, like I welcome you into my life. Like, would you come into me? But before that, really quickly, I want us to do this with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus, because that's where this starts. It starts with giving our life to Jesus. Jesus is super real. He's the son of God, came onto this earth, lived a perfect life on behalf of us, and then died on behalf of us. All of your sin, all of your guilt, all your shame, all that past junk that you've done in your life, Jesus has paid the price for you not to have to deal with that. So he wants, he wants to live an amazing life with you in heaven after you die, but also have heaven on earth right now. So really quickly, I'm not gonna beg or plead or anything. The Holy Spirit will speak to you in this moment. If, you, if you're here with every head bowed and every eye closed and you've never given your life to Jesus, but you'd say, you know what, this is my moment right now. I want to be all in for Jesus in this moment. Without any, uh, every head bowed and every eye closed, would you just raise your hand? I just want to pray for you if that's you and in the room. 
If you've never given your life to Jesus and you'd like to give your life to Jesus, awesome, 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 awesome. You can put your hands down. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray as, as a biblical church community. We're gonna pray together because we do life together. And so the prayer doesn't save you, uh, but man, our heart totally does. The word of God says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you're gonna be saved. So we're just gonna pray together out loud. If you'll repeat after me, say, Jesus, I acknowledge that you love me. I know you died for me. I know you rose from the dead. I give you my whole life. I'm all in. Amen. Awesome. Really quick, can we give it up for the people who just gave their life to Jesus? That's a huge deal. That's the coolest thing that happens all weekend, for real. And for real, if you're here and you made that decision, I know there's a couple of you who raised your hands, please like connect with, with me or pastor after service. We'd love to talk to you and just give you some next steps in how to be more engaged into this awesome place. But I want to lead us in prayer for just like two more minutes. I want us to give God our best two minutes of the day. And we're gonna pray and we're just gonna receive. God can do so much in such little time. And we're gonna have time tonight as well to pray. But I want us to do this as the band begins to lead in a second. Would you, everyone, just raise your hands in a, size, uh, in a sign of receiving? I'm gonna pray over you. And I just want you to continue to pray over yourself, whatever you wanna pray for with Holy Spirit. Start that relationship with Him. Tell Him whatever you wanna tell Him. Pray to Him like He's your best friend. Like, talk to Him like He's your best friend, and eventually He becomes your best friend. So, Jesus, I pray. For every person here, that you would fill my friends, would you do more than before? I pray that there would be an impartation of your Holy Spirit into every person from the front of this room to the very back, from the worship team to the sound booth. God, I pray for a, just a new presence of your Holy Spirit. I pray that even now, you'd start to begin the nudge process in people's life. Would you begin to, man, everywhere they go, they would feel the nudge of your love, the nudge of your voice. It's always affirming and edifying and loving to other people. But man, would you do that to us right now? Would you edify us as a believer? Man, would you to speak to us as the worship team begins to play? God, would you speak to us as we just keep speaking to you for the next two minutes? God, we love you, we love you, we love you. Holy Spirit, would you just come? If you were impacted by this sermon or if you have any questions, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on social media at Community Hope on Facebook and Instagram or at our website, communityhope.org. Thanks for listening and we hope to see you next week.